inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Radio Western. And good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's, uh, we're back with Outlook. We took a break last week, but we're back uh, for another episode. And, um, yeah, last week I think we had a, a rerun of an interview we did with our friend from out east, right? Yeah. Um, I was uh, not available to listen, really. I mean, I could have, but. Yeah, I tuned in actually last week um, just to see how. How it sounded, and yeah, we did an interview with uh, her friend from out east a few weeks ago, about a month ago now, I guess. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting interview. We always loved having guests on the show, yeah. so when we had the opportunity for a repeat, I wanted to play that one again. Hopefully, some people got to hear it. Yeah, so I was in actually in the airport in an airport uh, in LaGuardia, I guess it's called Airport, New York, um, dur- during that airing of that episode last week. Um, so yeah, I, I was in New York City last week. That's why it was like a crazy 72-hour trip. It was so weird just to go there for for that short of time, but it was a good a good time. Yeah, so we're definitely going to get into that. Yeah, and I, mean, I I actually um Carrie and I live in different cities, so I haven't had a chance to really talk to her about her trip in New York, so Yeah, we as siblings, we haven't lived in the same house for a while, so so yeah, I figured I wouldn't ask too much, and then we could have a discussion about it on the air, um, specifically related to disability. Yeah, there any, were a few things that came up. For any me. issues or anything that came out specifically from your trip? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this—I mean, it's this been a crazy weekend here in London, I guess, with the St. Patrick's Day, everybody having fun there, and uh, um, the Junos last night, which was quite an honor for London, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't usually put too much thought into award shows. I yeah, you know it's. It's great. It's it's good, but it is good for London. Like it's you know it's yeah. a huge boom for the downtown area and and and, the, and that that venue is quite the place these days. It has a lot of big stars. I think Ellen DeGeneres was just there, I believe. Um, so they're they're getting a lot of um, attention since that that sort of got there. Yeah, and it's nice to see London get some recognition for music because it's you know it's it's tough for uh, for cities to keep up with the music these days, and uh, it's just great attention to bring to to uh, a town like London that doesn't get enough press so it's I think it was definitely a positive event I didn't unfortunately I was pretty busy over the weekend practicing with my other band and uh, yeah I didn't really make any of the Juno events although I did tune into the awards on the radio last night um, mainly because it was in London I wanted to hear it and uh, you have a pretty good radio system in your apartment sound system yeah um so one one thing I wanted to mention from the awards was the humanitarian award for 2019 was given to David Foster. And we don't talk a lot about this on the show, but um, it's not just our blindness that we have dealt with uh, in our lives. We've had transplants, kidney transplants. So uh, I, this sort of bit of news was sort of um, wanted to we wanted to highlight it. Yeah, I wanted to bring this bring this up. He um, David Foster is a renowned musician, songwriter, composer, arranger, and producer, and yeah, he was rewarded this humanitarian award, and it's his lifelong dedication to philanthropy through his support of hundreds of 
charities, including his nonprofit organization, the David Foster Foundation, which raises organ donation awareness and provides financial support to Canadian families in need of life-saving transplants. So, Carrie and I have both had uh, transplants. I've had two. She's yeah, had I mean, one. I had one when I was a child, uh, and you had one as a child and as an adult, both um, family donation and... Uh, uh, deceased you had um, so that's the one you're on with that's the one you have now but um, yeah so he you know you, you hear a lot about it, like the Ronald McDonald house and different things but um, recently it's kidney um, health month and um, stuff like that so I was thinking about that but he um, he helps adults who are going through transplant right yeah I mean there is there's a lot of uh, or is it both I don't know I, I don't know for sure actually um, but I know he does specifically um, help out adults because it's when when kids have this this stuff going on. There is um, you know the Ronald McDonald House is a big one, and there's lots of options out there for for kids. But adults, it's not quite the same. Um, so it's great to see that. Plus, it's nice to see some some national, even international, if people are streaming it online or whatever, mm-hmm. um, coverage of this. And he specifically commented on the on the Junos about how how low the percentages of people who sign their donate donor cards organ donation cards. And that's and why there other countries have it that you are automatically a donor unless you you take the step to opt out, which people may not agree with that option, but that's one way of increasing it, they think. But yeah, here in Canada it's Yeah, it's just tough. It's it's sort of ties back to the the blindness and the accessibility and stuff we discuss on this show where it's it's such a small segment of people that have these these um whether it be kidney kidney uh failure or blindness it's all sort of minority groups that the average person doesn't doesn't have to uh, isn't around on a day-to-day basis so when the when the organ donation card is presented to them they just don't really think twice about it sometimes probably and are just like oh whatever i'm not going to bother kind of thing um whereas these issues even though they might seem small to to a group of people they're still affecting lots of people out there and yeah uh, i mean you know what it's like to be on a waiting list and not knowing yeah, for sure. As an adult, happen. the first time it was as a kid, it was a living donor. But as an adult, when I was um, when my kin- first kidney failed, I was on dialysis, you know, for three years at least. There, so it's um, yeah, it really puts things and in perspective. I, and, I, and I have to face that in my future. I keep thinking, you know, I, I'm at 22 years almost now here, and you know, maybe I'll be luck- one of the lucky ones, but who knows? So I may have to, you know, know what it's like to be on a list and. And all that stuff. So, yeah, that was one thing that, that was uh, noticeable there last night. Thank For you. sure. Thank so, you, David. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we are uh, Outlook here on Radio Western, and uh, we are on Twitter at Outlook CFB, which is, of course, Canadian Federation of the Blind, which is where this show sort of originated from. Uh, and we're on Facebook now, right, Brian? Yep, I finally got a Facebook page up and running, so it's facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. Mm-hmm. So check that out. We're And we got some uh, some um, press here today, which is great, again, for getting the word out because, you know, the reason why we're doing this show is um, awareness and that this, this stuff needs to be talked about more. You know, anybody could have a disability at any point in their life, and I, I'm sure everybody in the, knows someone with a disability, maybe not blindness, but something. Um, so it's just good to get some attention because we need to talk about these things. Um, but we were on um, AMI, which is the um, audio, radio, and television station here in Canada for the blind. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are aware of, of that. 
it's on like cable and uh, you can stream the stuff online. They have um, a show called Kelly and Company. We were on that on Thursday. They have like a round table where they just sort of throw a few topics in the news at you and you uh, give your thoughts. So that was kind of nerve wracking, right? Yeah, actually, I wasn't too bad with it. I, <laughs> you, it maybe turned, you were more nervous. I don't you know. said you were nervous. It turned really? out. It turned out good. Now you're lying. It turned out good. Um, anyway, that gets you know. That's the thing. Is is this an audience? Is this show for for, for the blindness community, or is it for sighted uh, people? And it's, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know. Oh, it's for everyone. Yeah. Um, but if you just want to listen to us. Yeah, we're pleasant. I, I, I still think. I still think our our main focus is for the sighted population just um, to be seen just because you know the show that blind people who are blind can can run a radio show or you know do whatever they want to do and that's what we're doing here so so um yeah so that was great this week and uh yeah so the round table um interview that we did on accessible media incorporated is on I shared it on our Facebook page so mm-hmm. facebook.com slash outlook on radio western you can find a link if you want to listen to that and yeah I guess we'll get into your into your New York trip in a minute but I wanted to quickly mention the trip to uh, oh yeah we booked Vancouver that we're we <laughs> finally we booked our plane trip. tickets <laughs> get home from yeah. the trip and I book another one so we've talked a bit before on this show about the conventions that are held. Um, the National Federation of the Blind is the convention in the States that we went to in Orlando last year. And the one that we just got our plane tickets for is the Canadian Federation of the Blind convention in Vancouver. Um, so it's a lot smaller than the American version, but we're hoping to to grow it over the years. It, um, and it's, you know, we're that's the main reason we're going is to is to get out there and meet these people in person. We we're at, we have a lot of conference calls and discussions over the phone, but it's nothing's like being in person, right? So it's, um, but you know, our goal is to try to get more people out there from Ontario, and it is tough because yeah, that's such a it's a it's a cost. The hotel and um, the plane ticket. I mean, we got a good deal this year, but you know, it's still hundreds of dollars that you that a lot of blind people don't have. And and the theme of the convention is employment empowerment. And this is just a big important thing for me right now specifically, uh, and you too, I know, that uh, you know the rate of, of unemployment for the blind is so high and we want to f- fix that. Um, but it's a very complicated issue. And so going out there and talking with other people about um, the jobs they've had, uh, what they could share f- about how they got them, or you know, you know, talk to each other about how hard it is, uh, so that's what's good. Um, but yeah, just you know, if if there are any blind people listening to the show or anyone hears us in the future, I highly recommend these conventions. Um, they, you know, they it is it is tough with costs, and there are um, some some sponsors you can look into, and if you contact the CFB, they can help you look into that kind of stuff. If you do have financial trouble paying to go, but it's it really is a, is a life changing experience. I found, and you know. There was maybe around 100 people there last year at West, but there needs to be more than that. So It was one day last year, basically, and to this year we're, we're growing it to two days, kind of trying to make it a little more like the NFB one with a, with a you know, raffles and a big night. Uh, what do they call that on the second night? Banquet. Banquet, thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Come on, you're the writer here. You can't remember the words. Uh, <laughs> nope. That's when I can stop and think. Uh so yeah, so we're excited about that. That's happening, and 
I'm going to Ottawa next month to speak at a conference um, about accessibility for or for you know reading materials for blind people across Canada. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so plenty of things to talk about on the show and going to the convention. Um, last year we went, we didn't have Outlook, so since mm-hmm. the show just started in September, so yeah. it'll be nice this year to actually go to a convention while we're doing this show, yeah, um, so we can, a little and- you know, we can do some recording and stuff there mm-hmm. and talk a lot about it when we get back. And yeah, yeah, we it's should, just, we it's should a, definitely get some interviews and stuff. Yeah, I think that'd be I, great. I, we love interviewing. I love interviewing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine sitting here with my just my sister, but uh, <laughs> it's it's always nice when there's. Yeah, there's never a guests. shortage of stuff for, for, for us to talk about, but but guests, nice, you know, mix things yeah, up a little. Yeah, break it up and stuff, and uh, we tentatively have a guest next week. Yeah, um, uh, I think we do. We'll keep that a surprise <laughs> for now, but um, unless you want to say anything, but... No. All right, so, yeah, I guess Carrie was not here last week. As she mentioned, she was in New York. Um, so, before we get into the disability-related parts of that trip do you want to just quickly sum up what you were there for yeah so uh i'm a writer a freelance writer uh but i am also an avid traveler uh i think that's just like why we have this show you know it's just travel really opens your eyes to other people's experiences and other places that uh that not everybody's lucky enough to see and i am very been very lucky in my life that i've got to i've been to new york twice now but this was for something called women's travel fest so i just stumbled upon it on facebook somehow someone shared about it and um i thought you know a a whole room all weekend of women who love travel like i do and it sounded interesting to me so um yeah so we uh, we went on the friday which was actually international women's day so that was made that special and uh, um, yeah so I think it was like two maybe three or four hundred women in this old synagogue in New York City um, I think uh, I think I was the only blind person there <laughs> as far as I know uh, which was a thing right it takes me more than two days to get to, to get familiar with a place. Like I just began to use my cane and walk around this giant place. It was so big. I, I, I'm sure it was. I was told it was beautiful. It felt, you know, very historic. How did it? How did that compare to the? It was 200 year old synagogue there in the, in, in the Lower East Side. How did that compare to the the hotel we were at in Orlando? As far as like getting around in size and stuff. Did you do? Did you travel on your I by did, yourself, no, or I, were you? I didn't were you with so people? much because I went with a friend. Uh, right. Yeah. You should maybe discuss that. She's a travel agent, and who's helped me get. She helped me book my trip to Mexico uh, two years ago, and uh, she's helped our family book trips. Uh, to, I went to the Yukon thanks to her booking skills. So yeah, she. Um, I thought this would be an event she'd like. She's not a writer, uh, but she's a travel agent, and and, and the Women's Travel Fest wasn't for just writers. You know, they were Instagram. You know, these days it's the young women and their Instagram influencing, influ- their inf- influencers. So they get brands to to work with them and they promote their products on their Instagram. Now I don't have an Instagram page, so I was there as a writer and a travel writer, and I was there to hear um, a woman who was one of the speakers on the second day. I was there to hear her, who she's been my kind of writer, mentor, friend over the last few years. Um, so she spoke, but yeah, no, it was. I mean, I just sort of did hang out with my friend but then I did start because the first day it was all one talk at a time the second day there were two at a time and you had to pick one 
So a few times we split up and, uh, you know, I just sort of made my way around. And by that point, I did know a few people and they kind of approached me and, you know, spoke to me and went up the stairs with me. And it's an old building with old stairs and old, the floors are like echoey, wooden floors, I think. Um, So then there's like, I think maybe one woman in particular who had really clunky heels and she was walking behind us the whole time. There's presenters. I'm like, lady, think about this. But she probably didn't know the the floor situation, but something I notice. Yeah, it's definitely something you're going to focus in more on is sound sometimes. I mean, uh, it's it, it yeah. is also it is also <laughs> a can be can be a bit of a landmark or you know where you are or if there's someone behind you or you're trying to follow someone, you, it might be a might be a, a benefit, but uh, other times it could drown things out or Well, it seemed to me to be a very dim venue and so it's atmosphere and I was told that it was kind of dim in there uh, and it, but you know the way things echoed off of this giant open space in there with the wooden floors it, it, it did make it quite a, a constant buzzing of voices and it made it a little difficult uh, but um, you know it was still still pretty interesting so yeah you know there were a few things that came up uh, as I said, being, uh, as far as I know, the only blind woman there. This was a women's travel fest. Uh, it was supposed to be inclusive, and it, it, it was. It was amazing to see how this woman, her name is Kelly Lewis, how she brought together all these women. And with only, within only the last six years, she's been doing this. And, you know, as far as we know, with re- conventions and things, and the um, employment conference call group we're trying to start for the CFB, you know, yesterday, there were just a couple of us on the call. Like, it's hard to get people together for something so I know how that hard that is but yeah we've experienced that with yeah. our, our uh, conventions and stuff mm-hmm. so this is you could compare that to this this uh, and how many people again did you say were there I think there were like 300 to 400 okay I don't know so a little more than the one out west the convention out west but yeah. not nothing compared nothing, to the Florida no nothing it wasn't like a giant so we had stayed in a hotel that actually had the opening um, night party up on the penthouse floor on so that was nice we just had to go up the elevator um, I went up on the roof I, I'm obsessed with rooftops for some reason rooftop restaurants rooftop whatever um, but it was pretty cold and it was nighttime but there was apparently very nice views of of, of uh, New York City which doesn't do me much good but um but as far as the weekend it's inclusive right women and women of color you know they make very you know these you know they work really hard to make that a thing and you know they had panels for that sort of thing women speaking about um lgbtq travel for women and um there was a panel about women who are uh overweight and uh you know, s- people may think they shouldn't be traveling or why do we want to see pictures of them on, you know, Instagram. They were there just to sort of show that they they love to travel too. And it was funny to me. They were speaking about inclusiveness for themselves and others and other minorities. And the only disabled travel blogger, writer they could come up with was a guy called Corey Lee, Curb Free with Corey Lee. Now, I'm telling, I'm giving him a plug because he's a really great uh, travel writer and uh, blogger. But, like, it was sad to me they couldn't think of a woman to use as an example. Hmm. Yeah, that is <laughs> that's strange. Like, okay, so d- did you did you get a chance to speak at this? So I did. Um, so the first day there was a woman um, who spoke about, uh, she was from Nigeria and she spoke about, you know, um, being a black woman and travel and and uh, at one point she's told us all to scream really loud 
And I had been frustrated because there had been that panel that morning that was talking about inclusiveness and it mentioned every minority group, like we have said before here, but disability. Didn't I, mention disability. I thought, no. what the? And it, it was like a punch to my gut. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I feel out of place here all of a sudden. Uh, but, you know, it just makes you so much, shows you how much work there is to do kind of in that sort of thing. But, um, so she had us all scream, which helped me get my frustration out in that moment. That was nice. Uh, but the next day, it was my um, mentor, writer friend's turn, and she has fibromyalgia, which is an invisible disability. There were women there with invisible disabilities, I'm sure, uh, that sort of came out through the weekend. She spoke about fear, uh, you know, fear that you can't travel anymore if you have chronic pain. And she knew I was in the audience, and she sort of hinted at it the day before. <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden, she said, I'd like someone from the audience to come up here on this couch with me, because it was just a big couch on the stage with mics. Oh, nice. Yeah, Does so... Be comfortable up there. She was like, I didn't think you would go. I thought you... I didn't think you'd come up. I was like, what do you mean? In that moment, I wasn't just going to sit there, and that maybe 10 years ago, that would have been me, but no, I went up and... Yeah, see, again, that would, that would sort of emphasize the um, disability in the sense of, you know, sort of putting out a a uh, negative sort of, I don't know how I'd word it, but like a connotation if you just sat there, it'd be like, oh, she's blind and, you know, for her to go up there is... Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but well, I, I'm just I'm just trying to point out that it's good that you you stepped up and went because yeah. it's it shows that, you, you know, you're going to still go for it like anyone if else If I'm would. the only blind person there with a visible um, disability, then that's I'm going to be visible. So I went up there and we talked about fear and we talked about... Um, Big things that maybe I'll get into next episode. I got a big adventure coming up in uh, the fall, um, walking the Thames River in England. Um, wow, you have there. a lot going. I on. have a lot going on this year. So, good, anyways, right? then she called up a few other women who, um, with disabilities, and uh, one she's wanted one woman of color, and one lady came up also who had Parkinson's. Who um, we had to say what we're afraid of. And that lady said she wants she's going on a train trip through Europe by herself, and she's afraid with her Parkinson's that she can't do it. That you know, um, but she's doing it. So that's that's really great. And so the panel was very inspiring. A lot of the talk, a lot of people you know commented on Facebook and everything about it, and it felt good just to be up there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm going back next year specifically, but who knows? And I think I I think I need to keep showing up there. You know? Yeah. Well, if you had a great experience and it's, you, you know, like you said, it's good to have someone there to represent the the disabled minority or disability minority for, for a women's conference like this. It uh, seems definitely important that you were there. Um, so we're running down to the last five minutes or so. So I think mm -hmm. we should go into a bit more if there were any other sort of disability related situations you ran into over your trip that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, I did this thing, which is crazy, and there's not a huge, you know, ta-da ending anymore, but I had this idea that I would go, I'm in New York City, I, I gotta go for it, I'm gonna go to Trump Tower. I don't want to go to Trump Tower, not to get too political here on the show today, but... No, you can get political. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't want to go in there, but, I, but there was this well-known story from the 80s where he was with an architect in his buildings and he saw Braille by the elevator and he said, what's that? And they, they said, that's Braille, sir. And he said, oh, what's that doing? Get that out of here. There's no blind people going to live here. And of course, now since 1990, I believe, the, the, the U.S. has the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. So, I mean, there was going to be Braille there, but I thought, I'm going to go check out this, this tower of his now, see if there's actually Braille by the washrooms, by the elevators. And to make a point, there aren't always Braille signs by washrooms and elevators in many buildings. Um, but I had this idea that I would 
just to make a statement. I would take some Braille labels that are sticky and I would go there and I would stick them under the elevator or whatever. But I got there and everything turns out differently. There were guards everywhere, these these people that followed mm-hmm. you everywhere. I thought, well, maybe I'll go down to the bathroom then. They followed me down to the next level. There was a guy in the elevator. There was. It just felt creepy and eerie and I was like, what am I doing here? And I didn't end up, you know, I was too afraid that they would be like, see me and be like excuse me miss what do you think you're doing there and you know what would they have done everybody's like joking that no go to new york and end up in jail but um haha so that was one of my things so wait did you check did they have braille in the bathrooms or you didn't even check oh they did okay but anyway i I stuck a label somewhere anyway maybe somebody will come across it oh you did somewhere very discreetly in a bathroom under the you know that plastic thing that could sometimes cover the toilet paper roll i stuck braille label under there well, you had it with you anyway. And what, what was the point? What did I do that for? I don't yeah. know. It's just, I felt yeah. like I needed to make a statement. So I did it. <laughs> and I would thank my, my travel agent friend who went along on that crazy ride with me. Yeah. Well. So it was a good weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I went. But there's a lot a lot to unpack in there, I know. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to sort of run through all of that in, mm-hmm. in a limited time. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else specifically that stood out from that weekend. No, it was just hard. I mean, it's hard to meet people. There's so many women there, and they all come from a different state, and they all have a... um, But we had a few. We had a breakfast and a dinner for the first-timers there to introduce each other, and I made some friends since on Facebook, and you never know who you're going to end up making friends with, but that's why I travel. And uh, looking forward to the next few trips we have, and... Yeah, that's that's great. You're keeping up on the traveling, and we're going to be doing the same coming yeah. up to this convention. So yeah, we'll talk about the convention more. We'll talk about my trip uh, along the Thames. I'd like to do some summer this summer. I'd like to do some hanging out around the Thames here in London, Ontario, because I think that's a funny sort of symmetry there. That I'm going to go from one London to another, one Thames to another. But, but it's just to show that blind people can get out in nature, and they can hike, and they can you know, explore landscapes and do things that you might not think. And then the chronic pain comes in there too. And, and you know, my, with my kidney, I wanted to, you know, show that you know, since my transplant, I want to live every day to the last, to the fullest, because you never know. And you could be back on dialysis anytime and, and that does limit you. And so there are many reasons why I'm doing it. And there's a lot to think about before I go. So, For sure. Um, so, I mean, I can plug our guests from next week if you want, but I, we, again, we want to thank uh, CTV for being here. Yeah. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, CTV. It's Happy to be here. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It's, uh, you know, it's this, this uh, Western University is great, such a great platform, and mm-hmm. they've been so amazing here, but it's great to get other media coverage because this, you know, it's still a pretty small audience, and it takes a long time to build an audience in this day and age, so it's, it's great to have uh, third-party sources out there covering our show and and uh, bringing awareness to this stuff because it's it's ongoing and it's there's always something to yeah we'll talk about things talk that about. that you might not have thought about you know day to day things even that you might not have thought about like when braille displays stop working yeah I mean there's 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 always issues um, I won't get into too much detail about it because we're wrapping up here but I've been kind of looking for employment and I've had I was looking into a bank to uh, to work there, and they seemed very accessible. And then it turns out that their system that they use for their call center is apparently inaccessible with a screen reader. Um, and for an organization that's as large as a bank, it was sort of pretty pretty hard for me to handle. And it's like we each had our yeah, own little kicks to the gut lately. Yeah, it's like 
you know, I don't generally think about being blind on a daily basis because I've always been that way. I was born blind. But then when you apply for a job like anyone else and it seems like everything is going well and then they call you to say, yeah, you're, you know, you're a good candidate, but our system isn't accessible. It's you're out of the running. Sorry. It's, it is. It's, it's frustrating. And that, those are the moments when you do remember that, um, that you do have this disability, Shoot. whereas I generally forget about it. So it's stuff like that definitely needs improvement and awareness needs to be brought to this kind of stuff. So that's why we do this show. Yeah. And, and we'll uh, be back looking forward to the next few months. Yeah. We'll be back uh, next Monday. Yeah. With goodbye a special from, guest. Yeah. Goodbye from Outlook. 